This is Ahead in Tech, career journeys of extraordinary people in tech and interviews that help you get ahead in your tech career. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for joining me once again. Uh, we've got something a little special here today. Um, in order to celebrate uh, a new project I just launched uh, the other day, a new podcast, a new show that's out called Tech Team Weekly, uh, which is uh, kind of... Um, this really cool mix of like tech news and other things affecting uh, tech teams. And we come at it from like three different angles. I've got two awesome co-hosts. I'm the dev. Uh, we've got Neil Studd, the tester, and we've got Gwen Diagram, who's the engineer. Um, so yeah, please check it out. Uh, it's techteamweekly.com. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, all your podcast feeds uh, and all that. It's a really great show um, and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And uh, to celebrate that, one of one of the fun little things we do in that show is the stand-up, which uh, if you're in engineering uh, or you've ever worked in tech, you'll know exactly what that is. Um, so I've got three, uh, as usual, fun, uh, uh, amazing and uh, exciting guests uh, here today with us um, to share their stand-up updates. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. First up, Abby Travers. I moved house, so in personal life. Um, so that's been quite cool. Moved back to London and the UK. Um, I have moved back because I've got a new job. Um, so there's a reason I'm moving back to London, um, which has been kind of nice to have a reason. Work-wise, um, it's been kind of nice. I've been working on a new feature, which I have found that I really enjoy um, and actually like doing lots of kind of tickets on that feature and like focusing on that feature. Um, as someone that really likes variety, um, I actually found I really enjoyed not having variety and just like focusing on this one thing um, and being able to feel like productive, um, like quite a bit instead of sometimes just really stuck on something. So. Yeah, that's, I'd say, going well and what I've been up to. Um, blockers, maybe I'll start with that. I've been feeling a bit under the weather recently. Um, I've been needing to sleep a bit longer. It's not COVID. Um, I've tested that and I'm double jabbed as well and I've already had that. Um, but yeah, just a bit not myself. So a bit tired, my brain's not quite like usual. Um, then what's not gone well? I mean, probably in the same move, uh, in the same vein as what went well, moving and then moving into a place where it's like nice and um, I don't have a problem. <laughs> um, I like having a problem and a challenge. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I plan time to like make it nice and it's fine. I mean, I can do the garden and the gardening, but yeah, um, like, I guess not going well as like trying to think about that like why do I always need a problem and a challenge and like <laughs> can I be yeah what's here? up with that I know <laughs> <laughs> Th it, things are going great just enjoy it yeah I'm so bad at doing that <laughs> stopping and being like cool that was good like well, you, you've got a, you've got a lovely new new place and I'm very happy for you I think you're very comfortable and much happier there aren't you yeah it's much much nicer and garden means we can get cats and so that's great news yeah well you'll have to uh, update us when you get your cats i will <laughs> one or more yeah and uh speaking of exciting news you've actually got uh, an exciting new gig i don't know if you can even talk about this yet yeah i can talk about it i've told my current company um so they know i'm leaving so yeah i've got a new job at bloomberg um and it's starting with doing their training scheme so that's four months of kind of learning 
C++ and financial systems and the terminal and things like that, um, which I'm really looking forward to because learning is amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that's amazing. Congratulations. Really proud of you. Yeah, thanks. And just a little bit jealous. I'm sure you could work there too if you wanted. <laughs> but podcasting is fun and exciting. And Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so look, um, speaking of podcasting, that's a wonderful segue because you've been um, listening to some interesting ones recently and uh, where better to plug a podcast than on a podcast. So tell me. Yeah, uh, so not sponsored by any of these. Otherwise no, no, not at all. Like it should be. No affiliation whatsoever. <laughs> Um, yeah, I absolutely love podcasting. Um, I use it to have like noise on all the time. Um, I love going for a walk at lunchtime with them on and I just love learning new things from them as well. Um, so something that I found recently, um, that I really liked is it's kind of, it came to me as a recommendation from Darknet Diaries. So it's kind of security based, but it's a bit more technical and less like stories based. Um, it's something called open source security. Oh no, sorry. It's something called, yeah, open source security um, podcast. And yeah, it's really good. I listened to a recent podcast on like single sign on and like what's wrong with it. And, you know, it's talking about the issues with passwords, obviously. And like even with two-factor authentication when it comes to like using a phone and text message because um, mm. of SIM swapping, I really liked that episode in particular. Um, the other like thing that they did touch on is this like Pegasus hack um, mm -hmm. that The Guardian and some other kind of newspapers have looked at. Then actually like if people are interested in that, um, The Guardian has done... Um, like a week long in-depth look at that and on their Today in Focus podcast. For viewers and listeners who don't know what that is, that was like um, a mass hack, like hack for hire, I guess they call it, by the NSA group that exploited a like zero day in iMessage. Um, and I guess a zero day, people don't know, is something that like an exploit that hasn't been found by the company, so iPhone. Um, and that can be used to kind of like get into the phone and like um, they're using it to like look at all messages and texts and they actually were using it to like turn microphones on um, and things like that um, wow. and they were actually using it for journalists so it, it was actually like um, states that were like buying it and using it for like journalists was supposedly oh, man. but the NSA group has obviously denied all of that um, but okay. um, the Guardian has just done like a good kind of in-depth bit about that um which yeah i find interesting because this whole this whole like hack for hire stuff is kind of i guess mm. like an interesting industry and i guess kind mm. of um but yeah a bit different um then what else have i been listening to um i guess from the top where i found the other top podcast from uh darknet diaries i guess most people know it um but if you don't it's great. I really love it. Um, their latest episode was on um, people who buy, like sell zero days to governments and stuff as well. And that's really interesting. I think that's kind of a not so well known um, like industry. But yeah, shout out for that podcast. It's very, very good. Um, it's kind of more like security stuff, but stories. Um, mm. And one more businessy one that I found recently and really liked is, I think it's called 
foundering um and it's by bloomberg so a bit plug for my new <laughs> my new okay. employer um but they did um i think i only listened to season two so far but it's about tiktok and kind of where that came from um and interestingly like they were saying that it started as this app called musically and they were trying to target under 13s and children because they thought they would be on it for longer and get it really viral um and then like there was a point where um facebook was gonna buy tiktok i don't think it was tiktok at the time i don't know what it was um maybe it was tiktok at the time and they actually like turned it down because of like this underage thing and because in the us there's a bit of an issue with that mm-hmm. stuff because they've got laws against that um so yeah they turned it down and now they're obviously their biggest competition um but yeah and that was just interesting it went into a bit about how um which i've been hearing about how china is kind of cracking down now and like foreign investment in chinese firms and they're also like cracking down on i think what they call like soft tech um in china itself and they're trying to not let all investment go into soft tech and maybe like more go into like hard tech um stuff so like chips um and things like that um but i was listening again like the tech meme right home that's another good podcast and that's kind of like business news and uh, tech business news or like tech news every day um and that was talking about the whole what's going on there and with the china like the investment thing and the return on investments being less for hard tech versus soft tech um mm. but it's just interesting like they're probably taking a long-term approach or things like that but yeah that that podcast kind of will also go into that kind of stuff and they're brilliant that's a ton of awesome recommendations sorry. um if anyone's short of things to consume i'm sure you just sorted them out yeah <laughs> sorry I'm, I, I'm really curious about this guardian one you say it was a week-long um series yeah so they've kind of focused a bit more on like because they actually uncovered it so they got given the phone numbers mm. um, that were potentially being hacked and so them and i think it was the new york post um spent ages like looking into it all and trying to verify things and also looking into what has actually happened um potentially like what what negative things could have happened to say like um, informers or activists if this is correct um and like looking at what governments are buying this like hacking fire and stuff um it doesn't really cover the uk or the us government um i guess like i don't know (laughs) i don't maybe they don't use the nsa group um or maybe it's not as controversial but or maybe it did and i've kind of lost it but i'm sure they're doing stuff as well um but it's more focusing on kind of other states that are using this like a bias. right um, or maybe the guardian just haven't uncovered what we're what dodgy things we're doing right yeah exactly it, it might just be <laughs> not using nsa but we do anything else yeah <laughs> in the uh dotnet diaries thing it actually does talk about how the i think the u.s government are paying like more for these zero days than um you know like apple or microsoft um, and things like that so they are doing it also but it's just wow within this story potentially troubling times we're gonna we're gonna head into it isn't it yeah i feel like it's kind of been there for a long time and it's it's you know we're getting more and more reliant on technology so it's getting more and more but i think maybe the onus is 
going to fall on people to protect themselves a bit more or just be more aware of this kind of stuff um, going forward or more like intrusion detection kind of software and things like that as opposed to just expecting all our software to be perfect. Um, I feel like you're really interested in this stuff. Even last time we spoke, you remember we were talking about social engineering, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's really, um, it's, yeah, it's really interesting to me. I think like, because it's kind of like doing, using things the way they're not supposed to be used or doing things like not necessarily the way you're supposed to do it. Um, I guess maybe that speaks to me. <laughs> Okay. Um, and also it kind of feels a bit like you're like investigating something and kind of yeah, that's yeah. quite cool um, yeah. yeah it just it just seems quite interesting like I think um, it's it's like being a spy which I won't go any further into yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't I can't talk about it <laughs> no okay Abby <laughs> thank you thank you very much that was awesome yeah thank you and now over to Thomas Ockman's standard update. So I'm involved in quite a few projects. Um, what I've been working on over the last week is to uh, deliver some features on projects that we are making for some customers. Uh, and I'm actually working on two projects uh, for clients. Uh, then I'm also delivering a new preparatory course for Craft Academy. So I have a new batch of students at Craft Academy uh, that are just starting out their journey. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. And also I am delivering the Work the Web community training program with agileventures.org where we are covering some web technologies and starting a new community project. So I've had my hands full uh, over the last week in terms of uh, progress. We made good progress across the board. Uh, but there are a few blockers, of course. Uh, there are some technology stuff that are not working out as they are supposed to. I am not that super strong on DevOps, so I'm learning a little bit about uh, containers and Dockers and Docker and all of that stuff that I can't even talk about because I don't understand the lingo. Uh, so um, there, there, there are a few things that I need to continuously work on in order to get better at. The plans mm. for the next week is to continue to deliver the work the web training program and there are some very very exciting things going on in that uh, in that domain uh, so i'm looking forward to our tuesday and thursday meeting with the community and then of course deliver more features and uh, basically code away and ship code that's brilliant i mean i'm aware of uh, craft academy and agile ventures which i'm going to ask you about uh, but uh, what's work the web this sounds interesting so Work the Web is a project within Agile Ventures. It's a, it's a summer school uh, initiative that we launched for the first time this year. Um, over the years, and I guess we've got to talk, talk more about Agile Ventures later, but over the years, uh, that community has been all about uh, open source projects. But we felt that we needed to take a step back and allow our new members to pick up a little bit of skills before they get involved in project work. And therefore, we launched this uh, this uh, training program. That's really great, and good on you for doing that. You know, you you've done so much to help um, people get into coding. So maybe Craft Academy is is a good place to start with that. Yeah. Well, so for me, it's all about uh, repeating this the, the the same journey that I took that took me to where I am today. Uh, I started out as a 
what you often refer to as a self-taught uh, developer, which is not really true because there is no self-taught developers, in my opinion. You, know, you always learn together with others, uh, whether it's actively or passively, actively in school, in, in projects or, or communities, or passively through, through tutorials or books or whatever, right? I was very fortunate to kickstart my journey with a, um, a massive online course delivered through edX, uh, but also through a community of programmers that were taking that course together and wanted to collaborate. And that was the origin, origin of, of agileventures.org. So <clears throat> in my professional life, I uh, wanted to do something to help other people's transition into, into this industry. And therefore I started uh, the bootcamp that is called Craft Academy. Uh, and continued to work uh, with Agile Ventures to uh, do this both professionally and pro bono as a charity. That's awesome. And Craft Academy, this is uh, Sweden-based, right? Do you offer any uh, yeah. remote courses or is it only for people in Sweden? No, it is. It, we have international students always. It's, it's a 12-week uh, accelerated program that takes you from the very beginning uh, to a stage where you can call yourself a junior developer. Uh, the, the language at, at Craft Academy is pure, is English. We always deliver our courses in English, even though we are Sweden based and we've always had students from across the world. So either people move to Sweden, uh, to attend our course, or they take that course remotely. And I know this is something you're really passionate about. You've dedicated so much time and effort into it. And I, I know that uh, through the conversations we've had through the years, you know, you're always um, uh, you're always looking to adapt it and to keep innovating your idea and make it better and better. And I hear it's in a pretty good, strong place right now. But the the, uh, the basic idea stayed the same. It's all about agile methodologies and best practices to uh, produce the best code possible. And so for me, Agile uh, combined with the best best practices in terms of engineering uh, that comes with extreme programming, which is nothing new under the sun. It's been around for, for, for ages, uh, makes a very good combo. So everything I do both in Agile Ventures at, and at Craft Academy and uh, in my consultancy work is based on that assumption that the best value is delivered incrementally and iteratively using pair programming, automated tests, uh, test-driven development, and so on. Excellent. You're really um, walking the walk, as they say. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell me about uh, Agile Ventures. This is a, a charity-based organization which allows, on one hand, people to skill up and become better developers and learn their craft, and on the other hand, give back to charities by yeah. developing for them. Is that right? So we are uh, an incorporated charity in Britain. Uh, so it's a, it's, we have an official status with the, with the charity commission in, in the UK. And we gather people from around the world to work on projects for other nonprofits. Uh, so I sometimes say I, I compare this to going to, uh, to, to, to eat at a restaurant that employs um, student chefs. Uh, perhaps you get a better price you never know if the quality will will hold up. Right? <laughs> it's um, um, I think that's that that comparison works uh, in in a way because what we do is that we we bring together developer teams that are mixed from people like novices, uh, more experienced programmers and project managers, 
and we offer our services to other nonprofits that need to, to get something done in terms of IT support. And they usually don't have those huge budgets. You know, they they also depend on, on fundraising and, and, and other sources of funding. So we are a good alternative for them to turn to rather than the professional uh, software houses that could, could uh, you know, uh, cost them a lot of money, right? So mm -hmm. the lead times are a little longer. The price tag is, is lower sometimes. And quite often we do things pro bono. Uh, but we offer our members an, an opportunity to practice their coding skills uh, in real projects. And that is the key to success in our, in our, uh, in the, the way we see, see uh, look at things. Uh, you know, coding is like swimming. You can't really just read about swimming or watch YouTube videos about swimming or attend lectures about swimming you have to get into the pool and actually swim. And that is the same thing with, with software development, in my opinion. In order to become a good software engineer, you have to work on projects. And that's what we are offering people. That's fantastic. And there's a lot of room for people to volunteer, right? And I know people are in our industry are always looking for good causes to <clears throat> give, their, give their time to. So how do they find you? Definitely. So if you want to get involved in any way, shape or form, uh, the first step is to visit agileventures.org, which is our main site. Uh, and there you will, you will uh, get, not, <clears throat> get information on how to sign up for the community, join our Slack channel, and we have certain uh, areas where you can chat away if you're looking for projects or if you're looking to, to get started with some training and so on. And we are actively looking for senior developers that can help our juniors to get ahead in tech. It's a fantastic opportunity. It's an orga organization that I volunteered with um, as well many years ago now, and um, uh -huh. I can wholeheartedly recommend it. Now, if that's not enough, I don't know where you find all this time, but you also do live coding on Twitch and you collaborate with I other do. Twitch partners. Is that right? Can you tell me about I do. that? I do. Well, <clears throat> so for me, it's all about reaching out to, to uh, people and make tech accessible uh, to, to folks that uh, perhaps don't think that the tech industry is something for them. You see, it, it is complex and it's tough uh, to get into, into coding, but it's not really rocket science. Everybody can pick this up if they want. And so for me, doing live coding on Twitch is just a continuation of what we do, uh, what I do professionally and what we do at, at, at Agile Ventures. Uh, I love to code. Uh, I code professionally. I code on passion projects. I, I code to learn new stuff. And if there's anything that is open source, that is not proprietary if that work that I do for clients, I might as well do it in the open. So uh, for me, uh, setting up a stream and going on Twitch, which is generally a platform for gaming and perhaps not that much for, for technology content, uh, is a way to attract people and build my network and show people that it's, it's, it's an accessible thing. You, you, can, you can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I echo that as well. I mean, I, f I feel the same way. It's definitely not rocket science. And I agree with you. If I can do it, then yeah, any old idiot can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shouldn't beat ourselves down because it is, it is complex in a way that there, it's like there's so many moving parts in a project, right? You have to deliver business value. You have to think about the ideas, you know, uh, scope everything down into man manageable uh, chunks of work. Then you have to code it, then you have to deploy it, you have to test it, you have to collaborate with others. So if you take a project all in all, it is not easy. 
but it's also not that very hard if you break things down into smaller chunks. Then, and that is the agile approach. That is the agile way of doing things. Uh, and if you combine that with the before mentioned practices that come from XP, ex extreme programming, everything kind of falls into place. And even the most complex things can be done uh, if you have the good, if you, if you have a good approach, good workflow, and of course, a great team. Beautiful. That is a great place to end it. Thank you very much, Thomas. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Last but not least, the awesome Louise Jeffrey from Dead Happy. Uh, so um, last week and this week, uh, we've been looking at um, our rotor because um, part of our job is working on the online chat for Dead Happy. So as much as Dead Happy is a flexible company and um, you can you don't have to work nine to five and they have unlimited holidays, we do have to make sure that that online chat is um, I can't think of the word. <laughs> yeah. Somebody is on the online chat to answer stuff if needed. Um, so we, we've we been, um, yeah, trying to sort through that. Uh, we've got a, one of our um, ponchos is going part-time soon because she's going to go back to uni. So we're making sure we support her and looking forward to seeing how that would affect our cover and make sure we've got enough cover, basically. Um, I also had a day off. <laughs> Lovely. lovely. Went out in Leicester, yeah. took my kids who, I have to say, aren't kids. They are 19 and 22. So we did go for a bottomless brunch, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right. Um, and then, yeah, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. So I've got tomorrow off and Friday off. So I won't be doing any more work this week. That's brilliant. And you've got a week off? Yes, yes. So looking forward to that. Yep. Excellent. Very, very jealous. Um, so can you, can you quickly tell me a little bit about Dead Happy as a company and your role as a happiness honcho? Yeah, happiness honcho. So um, Dead Happy is obviously a life insurance company. Um, we focus on legacy and trying to make death less of a taboo to talk about. Um, so we want people to think, really think about what they want to happen when they die so they can leave death wishes for us. Um, so that they can let their family know or their friends know what they want to happen. Um, and also we're trying to make it simpler and easier for people to sign up. So, um, yeah, you don't have to go through a big, long, laborious list of questions. It's four questions. So we're just trying to make it really simple and quick to sign up and get cover. That sounds really painless, especially in like a, quite a, an old school, stuffy industry like life insurance. Dead Happy are uh, innovating quite a lot yeah, in the death tech just, space. We, we like to say we're disrupting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and you are, you are definitely disrupting, but in a, in a good way, right? In a happy way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, try, we like infuse comedy into it. We've but we've, um, we accept most mental health conditions, which a lot of other um, life insurance companies don't go anywhere near. So yeah, we're really proud that we've managed to sort that out and get that through. And you've got a really solid team <laughs> and solid and progressive team out there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, when I joined, I was employee number nine. I think there was seven of us working there. So um, just as we have a set of values, so when we employ people, we look more at their values than at their um, CV and their like qualifications. Like if you didn't have a GCSE in maths, 
we're not going to say, sorry, you can't work here. <laughs> That's lucky for me. Should I have another job? <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, we definitely, we look at the person because we think people, if you really want to do something, you'll learn it. People can learn stuff. Um, if your attitude's right and you fit in with the values and yeah, it's good. Great. So now we have uh, some friends in common and that's how I was introduced to you. Um, and the question I've been dying to ask you, pun intended, <laughs> is what's the importance of happiness? Uh, yeah, so it is important. I think being happy is an important thing. Um, however, I also think it's very important to realize that you don't have to be happy all the time like lives so i always say to my kids lives have up ups and downs you can't enjoy the highs if you've not experienced the lows um i'm also a big believer in trusting in the universe i think things happen for a reason uh when one door shuts you know don't get too down about that that another one's going to open or there's another way around there's another route in um things aren't always set in stone you can you can make things happen um, I also think that um, if you strive to be happy, you are going to be unhappy because you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> like you need mm. to you need to step back and look at your expectations and think, actually, I'm grateful because I have a nice friend. I've got a lovely pet. <laughs> I've got, you know, look at the small things that you do and how you help other people. And I think that's where happiness comes from. It's the small things. It's not the big big things all the time. Brilliant, excellent words of wisdom. Thank you very much, Louise. You're welcome. It's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, you are, you are far too modest. <laughs> and that's all folks. More info, links and everything else can be found on aheadintech.com. Thank you and please subscribe.